This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I'll invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 this evening. Luke chapter 5 tells us the story of when Jesus uh, was approached by a man with leprosy and he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus immediately was moved with compassion and reached forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And immediately, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed, the Bible says. And then Jesus told him, go, don't tell anybody about this. He said, but instead go to the priest, according to the law of Moses, and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded of you. But I want to pick up reading in verse 15, Luke chapter 5, verse 15. It said, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Notice they didn't just come to be healed, they came to hear. And look with me to uh, Luke chapter 6. We'll start reading in verse 17. This is after Jesus chooses the twelve. And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples. And a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went out, there went virtue or power out of him and healed them all. Now again, notice that the multitudes came not just to be healed, but to hear. Now we understand that how, and, uh, and it's easy for us to understand how that people would fail to hear us on occasion or maybe many occasions. There was a situation that, uh, that occurred just a couple of months ago here on Sunday night at Healing School where there was a, a young lady that came to me after the service and, uh, and said, uh, and I noticed when she came in that I hadn't seen her sitting in the service or in the, uh, in the auditorium. But that didn't mean a whole lot to me because sometimes I miss people that are sitting there. Sometimes I look right at them and don't realize it's them. But nevertheless, she came and she said, I'm a friend of so-and-so and called somebody in our church. She called them by name. And said, they told me about your healing service. And I got here just about 10 minutes ago. Didn't come into the service. Stayed out in the, in the lobby. And, uh, and I wanted you to pray for my healing. So I said, well, tell me what's going on. So she told me what the situation was. And knowing that she hadn't been in the service, which would have been a good service for her to be in, as a matter of fact. But knowing that she hadn't been in the service and knowing that faith is a prerequisite for the majority of cases of healing that took place in Jesus' ministry, I started showing her some things about the Word and talking to her about what Jesus had already done. I could tell from her, uh, from what she said, what little bit she had said, that she was looking for God to do something rather than having any kind of recognition or understanding that Jesus has already done something. So I started talking to her a little bit and I asked her a couple of questions and I put it in terms of salvation. I said, now you're saved, aren't you? She said, yeah. And I said, well, if you came to me or if you brought a friend to me to be saved, we wouldn't ask God to save them. We'd talk to them about what Jesus did on the cross and the provision that was made for them because of his work on the cross to provide salvation and tell them that it was just simply a matter of receiving what was already done. Isn't that right? She said, well, yeah. So I asked her a couple more questions. Talked to her for about, I don't know, maybe five minutes tops. 
And I slowed down long enough to ask her another question about healing. And instead of answering me, instead of saying goodbye, instead of saying anything, she just turned on her heels and walked straight out the door. Well, you can readily see that it wouldn't have done me any good to pray for her. She didn't want to hear anything. She just wanted somebody to pray. Now, I have no doubt that she found a number of people that would pray for her. And perhaps they prayed for her, Lord, if it be your will, heal her. Maybe they prayed in some other manner. Maybe they tried to pray the prayer of faith and tried to carry her on their their faith instead of building faith in the individual. I don't know. But I have no doubt that she found enough people to pray so that she felt justified in herself to blame God for not hearing and answering her prayer. When all the time the Bible says the people that got results were the ones that came to hear and to be healed. Now, like I said, that's not an uncommon thing. I'm not... uh, unfamiliar with people rejecting the things that we have to say or not wanting to hear the things that we have to say and just want to take a chance on saying some kind of prayer hoping that it'll work but it defies logic all logical reasoning why people would fail to hear Jesus but that's exactly what the situation was on many occasions turn with me to Luke chapter 4 one of the best examples we have is right here In the fourth chapter of Luke, Luke shares some things because he was a physician. He shares some things about healing that even if some of the other gospel writers give us the same accounts, he gives us a little bit more detail. I think he had a little bit more interest because he had some kind of training as a physician. He's called Luke the physician in scripture. So whatever training, whatever experience he had with, uh, with healing or attending to people's physical condition, gives him a little bit different slant on healing when he relates the stories as inspired by the Holy Ghost. So in Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, it says, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He looked for the scripture, folks. He searched this out. He had planned to tell these people these things. So he read from the scripture, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now let me translate that for you in modern language. Jesus says, these scriptures are talking about me. The scriptures that everybody understood was speaking of and referring to the Messiah who would be anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to do these things. He's saying, this is talking about me. Today is the day that this scripture is fulfilled because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. He's anointed me to preach recovering of sight to the blind. He's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. He's anointed me to set at liberty them that are bruised. He's anointed me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. It's the ultimate reset button. Everything goes back to its original condition. Debts are paid. So Jesus said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. 
and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now notice he's speaking gracious words. He's not condemning them. He doesn't say to begin with, I know the position you're going to take. I know you're going to reject me. I know you're going to try to throw me off the cliff. He's speaking gracious words. He's telling them, in other words, he's telling them that God's will is for them to be free. God sent him there to do signs and wonders and miracles among the people to set them free, to heal the sick, and to solve whatever problem somebody may be in. And then they began to question. They said, isn't isn't this Joseph's son? Well, we know that he wasn't, but apparently they didn't. They're trying to come up with an excuse, reason out an excuse for why he couldn't be the Messiah. And Jesus said unto them, you will surely say unto me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. And notice the next phrase. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. In other words, they've heard of him doing signs and wonders and miracles, healing the sick and so forth in Capernaum. And Jesus knows that they've heard about it. And so Jesus says, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, do the same works that you did in Capernaum that we've heard about. Do those here. And then Jesus responds and said, but I say unto you that no prophet is accepted in saving his own country and among his own kin. In other words, they're saying, prove it. Jesus is saying, I can't prove it. You have to receive it. You have to hear it. You have to accept it. Now, what does this do? Well, this makes the people mad, especially when he tells them, gives them two Old Testament examples. Notice what he says. Verse 25, he said, I tell you the truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine came throughout all the land. But under none of them was Elijah sent. Save or accept unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. In other words, he's saying this. Do you not remember the story in the law and the prophets that you worship and that you revere? Do you not remember the story how that the woman that was spared from the famine was not a Jew? She was a woman of Sidon. She was not a daughter of Abraham. Now, why wasn't a Jewish woman spared from the famine? Why wasn't a Jewish widow spared? or used to supply Elijah during that famine so that the miracle work of God could be done for them because God used somebody outside of the Jewish race that would hear what the prophet said. It all comes back to hearing and receiving. Then he gives them a second example. He said, remember Naaman the Syrian? Well, if he's a Syrian, he's not a Jew. He was the captain of the king of Syria's army. There were many lepers We're in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Why? Because even though Naaman hesitated, he finally heard what the prophet said to do and acted on it and came away clean. Well, why? his point is, why didn't God use some leper in Israel, some Jewish leper, to prove the point? Well, apparently, Naaman was the one that was willing to hear what his slave girl, his little servant girl, told him about the prophet's willingness and ability to heal. How that God worked through Elisha to heal the sick. Well, after he gives them these two examples, how that not non-Jewish people 
would hear and receive what God was doing and what the prophet said. That's when God did miracle works. They're wanting the miracle works to be done to prove to them who Jesus is and what he can do. And Jesus says, you have to hear and receive it in order to accept it. Well, this just frosted them over completely. They took him out to the brow of the cliff and intended to throw him headfirst off the cliff to kill him. But he passed through the middle of them. Now, Mark's account of this says concerning this, concerning this incident and this time in Nazareth, Mark chapter 6 and verse 5, and he says, and he could there do no mighty work. It does not say that he wouldn't. It says that he could not. He couldn't. He was unable to do any mighty work. Save or accept, he laid his hands upon a few, five or six maybe, sickly folks, folks with minor ailments, not too much wrong with them, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. In other words, he was amazed at their refusal to hear what he had to say. And all they had to do is accept it. Even if they had questions, all they would have had to do is say, well, we don't understand. We thought the Messiah was to be born of a virgin and we know who his dad is. He grew up here in town and we remember his father. So we don't understand how this works, but we have heard you do mighty works in Capernaum. So, okay, maybe there's stuff about this that we don't know. That's all it would have taken. And he'd have been able to heal the lepers in that city. He'd been able to open blind eyes, heal the lame and the crippled. He'd been able to cast out devils and do whatever mighty work was needed if necessary. But they wouldn't hear it. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew 8, 17 tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Luke chapter 5, it tells us about Jesus teaching in a certain place, in a certain house. Beginning in verse 17, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by the religious people, in other words, the educated, the intellectuals, the elite, sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Now notice this phrase, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal him. Notice the power of the Lord was present because Jesus was teaching. But I want you to, to see in this whole experience, this whole incident, that none of them got healed. Yet the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then it tells us about the crippled man that was brought in by his four friends who couldn't find a way into the house, so they took the tiling off the roof and let him down with cords or ropes. And Jesus, when he saw their faith, said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Then he explains that it's the same power that forgives sins as heals the sick, which is an important thing for us to realize today. 
His healing power of God is not a different power than the forgiveness of sins. Because it was all accomplished by Jesus shedding his blood on the cross. So when Jesus explains that it's the same power, he commands the man to take up his bed and walk, and he does. Now, who was it that received a miracle? The one that believed. Why didn't everybody receive what they needed? Because apparently the one man that was crippled and the four guys that brought him in were the only ones that had any faith to receive. In other words, the doctors of the law and the Pharisees wouldn't hear Jesus. So they didn't get healed. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5. Let's see some folks that did receive and how it works for them. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus. She came in the press and touched, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, I want you to notice something, folks. Hearing changed this woman's outlook on life. She is in the, the ultimate, uh, uh, the utmost hopeless situation. She's not only sick and has been sick for 12 years. She's done everything medically that she could do. She's been to every physician she could find until she ran out of money. Now she's sick and broke. Because she didn't have any more resources. Everybody's given up on her. What would your outlook be on tomorrow if you were in her condition? Well, until she heard of Jesus, she's expecting tomorrow to be more of the same, if not worse, than what she had today and what she had yesterday and what she had last week and what she had last month and what she had for the last 12 years. But I want you to see the power of God's word. The first work that God's word does in us when we hear it is it changes what we believe can be. Now all of a sudden she has hope. It changed her from being hopeless to hopeful. And so what did she do? She began to say. Now I doubt very seriously if this woman has ever, had a, has ever heard a lesson on faith. It doesn't say when she heard how faith works. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. It says when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. I doubt very seriously if she understood how faith works at all. I doubt very seriously if she understood that faith is believing in the heart and saying with the mouth and then acting on what you believe. She just did what seemed natural based on the hope that what she heard of Jesus had spurred in her heart. Now, she must have heard of people being healed by touching him. She must have, because that's what she said she was going to do. The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If she had had faith for water baptism, if she had heard that Jesus was baptizing in water and people were getting healed, and she said, if only I could be baptized, then I'd be healed too. But that's not what she had faith for. She had faith to touch him, at least the hem of his garment. So when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. She acted on it because she said, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. See, what you're saying is your faith in, at work. 
what you're saying is your faith revealed. Whether you've ever heard a lesson on faith or not. Jesus said about faith, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. Because faith always speaks. That's why you can tell where somebody is by the words that come out of their mouth. Whatever they say, whether they've ever heard anything about faith or not, whatever they say is what they believe. Because faith always comes out of your mouth. Eventually. She didn't have any lessons on faith. But she heard of Jesus and it gave her hope, so she spoke. She spoke according to the faith that, had, that what she heard of Jesus brought and planted in her heart. And then she acted on it. Jesus, immediately knowing that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Master, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? But he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. The disciples, in other words, answered, Everybody that can touch you is touching you. What do you mean, who touched you? Who didn't? But Jesus knew somebody touched him differently with a different motive and got a different result. And it's also interesting to realize that she's the only one in this story that had faith to reach out and touch Jesus. And so she's the only one that got a supernatural result, a, mir a miraculous result. It's also interesting to me that everybody else is doing the same action, taking the same step that she took about touching him. But nobody else is getting anything. So it wasn't just a physical touch. This physical touch mixed with faith. Jesus looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, now she's not believing anything, she knows something. Knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And notice what Jesus said to her in verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, folks, I would submit to you that it was the power of God that made her whole. Why does Jesus credit her faith? Because it was her faith that activated the power that was available for anybody and everybody there that was touching him. But she's the only one that would have any record heard of Jesus. Now we know that they, other people have heard from the standpoint of they've listened to reports. But they didn't really hear it. It was just information to them. It wasn't something that took root in their hearts like it did with her. But once it took root in her, it changed her outlook on life. And it changed what she said. And she got a miraculous result. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 14. Beginning in verse 34, it said, And when they were gone over, they came unto the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him. Notice that, when the men of that place had knowledge of them. Well, what does that mean? It means they heard. It means they heard. Remember our text scriptures, they came to hear and be healed? When the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. They put out the word that every sick person needs to get to a certain place where Jesus is. And they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. What does that tell us? It tells us they came in faith. They came in faith. I can just see the men of that country. And I'm not sure what spurred it on. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I think these men have a special reward in heaven waiting for them. Or waiting for them when they got there. 
Because they went and spread the word. This Jesus guy that's healing the sick is in our country. It's in the region of our towns. You need to send all the sick people of this town to where he is. Now, if they said, we don't know if anything's going to happen or not, I doubt if they'd have had much of a crowd. But they must have been inspiring people's faith based on the knowledge that they had of Jesus and what they had heard about him. This guy's the real deal. He heals the sick no matter what the condition is. He heals lepers, which is the big sickness of the day. He heals cripples. He opens blind eyes. Send everybody no matter what's wrong with them. What a crowd that must have been. What did Jesus do? Do you say, well, now, this is not the way I normally operate. This is too many people. I tell you what, half of you stay today and we'll lay hands on you. And tomorrow, the rest of you come back. And it says they just besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. All he had to do was walk in the midst of them. They reached out and touched him. As many as touched were made whole. Now, did that just work in Jesus' ministry? Turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14 tells us about Paul and Barnabas in the region of Galatia. And the Jews stirred up some trouble so that they left one place, Iconium. And they went to another couple of towns in the, the cities of Lyconia. Notice it begins to tell us in verse 7, Acts chapter 14, verse 7. And there they preached the gospel. He's talking about Lystra and Derby. And then it tells us about something that happened in the city of Lystra. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Now, how hopeful would this guy be to ever be able to walk? He's in a hopeless condition too, isn't he? He was crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak. Now, the only thing that we know that Paul spoke is identified in verse 7 where it says, there they preached the gospel. But we know that faith is produced in this man's heart to be healed. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Paul's gospel had to include healing. I wish the church would get a hold of that. There they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, the crippled man, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Perceiving that he had faith to be healed. One service. One declaration. One sermon. About Jesus taking the. Taking our sins and our sicknesses upon himself. Paying the price for it. Setting us free. Brought this man faith to be healed. Paul said to him. With a loud voice. Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Folks, the point I want to get across to you is it still works today. Hear and be healed still works today. Hear and be healed still works today. The Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and with his stripes we were healed. Healing is already yours. Take hold of it by faith in the name of Jesus today. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Praise Him for what Jesus has done and worship God because He's our healer. And the prayer of faith, the vow, the declaration of faith, who Jesus is and who we receive Him to be in our own lives, shall heal the sick, shall heal the sick. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.